This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope that this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. Take your copy of God's Word and stand, whatever you have, if it's an iPad, iPhone, if you just a Bible, whatever you have. If you don't have any of it, uh, it's it's right here on the screen. Our, one of our scripture that we've read for several weeks is in Proverbs 18 and 10. This is what it says. It says, the name of the Lord, the name of the Lord, the word there for Lord is Yahweh. 6,823 times in the Bible. Hebrew word Yahweh translated Jehovah. The name of the Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they're safe. Folks, in, in the world we're living in, people are longing for safety. You wonder, where are you safe? Is this a safe place? Is that a safe place? Well, the Bible says that when we run to the name of the Lord, there's safety. There's safety in the Lord. My mind goes back to an image 20 years ago, 20 years ago, and those people running from those twin towers. I saw this and I thought, they're running from those towers. And I realized something, folks. Most people have towers they're running from. Most people have something that they're fearful. They have a tower that they're trying to get away from. They have a tower that many times is controlling their lives. But the Bible says they can run from that tower and they can run to the name of the Lord. You can run to God. I, no matter what's happening in your life, I want you to know you can go to God and you can find safety in His presence. And then the Bible says in Exodus 15, it says, And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute, an ordinance. And there he proved them. And there he proved or he tested them. I want to talk to you about the name of the Lord, Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. Or the name of the Lord, the God who heals. The God who heals. That's what Rapha means, Jehovah Rapha. A few years back, I read a book by Mark Batterson called The Grave Robber. He's a great writer, by the way. And uh, in this book, The Grave Robber, he told a personal story about his life. He said that he'd always battled asthma. He said he'd always struggled. He, he always had to have an inhaler with him, with him real close. He said many, many times during his life, he'd be rushed to the emergency room because he couldn't breathe. He had asthma in a terrible, terrible way. And he said that... Uh, one time he was in ICU for his asthma. He said it was real bad. And he said his pastor felt like he should come and pray for him. 
And he said, the pastor came, and he said, I really believe he prayed the prayer of faith. He said, he prayed, and he prayed. And he said, I sensed something. I sensed God was doing something while the pastor prayed over me. But he said, you know, the next morning I got up, <laughs> and I still had asthma. But he said, I noticed something. He said, my entire life, I'd had warts on my feet. <laughs> and he said, lo and behold, I looked at my feet, and all the warts were gone. And he said, man, that's strange. He, he prayed that God would heal me. He, he didn't heal the asthma, but all the warts are gone. And he said, I was only 14 years old, and I asked God about it. And he said, God spoke to me, and God said to me, Mark, I just want you to know that I'm able. I just want you to know that I'm able. Folks, I believe if there's something that God would want us to know, I believe today personally God would want every one of us to know he's able. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what your situation is, but you know what I believe God wants you to know? I believe God wants you to know he's able. He's able. Now, now look here. Not only is he able, but Ephesians 3 and 20 says this. Now to him that is able to do. <laughs> it, it, it's one thing to be able, but I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, he's not only able, but he's able to do. Because he is Jehovah Rapha. He is a God who heals. And whether it be through a miraculous touch or whether it be little by little, he's still the healer. Amen? He's still the God who heals. You know what I know about every one of you? God has healed every one of you. You say, Pastor, you don't know that. Yes, he has. He's healed every one of you. I'm pretty confident in that. Because do you realize when you were born, you had 2,200 vision. When you were born... You were legally blind. When you were born, you had 2,200 vision. You were legally blind, and you couldn't focus on anything further than 12 inches away. Now, God's omniscient. I know why he did that. Because when those babies are born, and we get right up in their faces... It scares them to death. Amen? <laughs> if God had not done that, it would have scared those babies to death. But here's what's interesting. By the time they're eight months old, their depth percep perception is perfect. By the time they're eight months old, they have normal color vision. Why, Pastor? Because he's Jehovah Rapha. He is the God who heals. He is the God who heals. Now, our story today, Moses and the children of Israel had just crossed the Red Sea. Three and a half million Jews crossing the Red Sea. Then he drowns Pharaoh's army in the Red Sea. 
Somebody said, Pastor, if liberals will say, if you really research it, during that time when they crossed the Red Sea on dry ground, the water was only 12 inches deep. Perhaps, I don't know. Doesn't lessen the miracle. That just tells me that God drowned Pharaoh's army in 12 inches of water. They had just crossed the Red Sea. And the Bible says they come after three days, they go into the wilderness, and they come to a place called Marah. And the water is bitter. And the Bible says God does a healing at Marah. Now, there's five things I want you to see from this story. But I believe you can relate them to your life. I know they relate to my life. The first thing I want you to see from this story is this. The only way to get from Egypt to Canaan is through the wilderness. The only way to get from Egypt to Canaan is through the wilderness. Now, wait, keep in mind, the children of Israel were in Egypt. They were slaves. They were in bondage. And God wanted to set them free. It should have been an 11-day journey. But they spent 40 years on 285. It should have been an 11-day journey, but they spent 40 years. But you got to understand, Egypt, Egypt was the place of slavery. Canaan was the place of milk and honey. Everybody wants to get from Egypt to Canaan. But you hear me clearly. You don't get from Egypt to Canaan unless you go through the wilderness. <laughs> no, you didn't hear me. You don't get from Egypt to Canaan unless you go through the wilderness. The only way, the only way to get from where you're at to where you need to be is the wilderness. The only way that I can become what I need to become is I've got to have my wilderness journey. The only way you can become what God wants you to become is you must have a wilderness journey. Think about it. Canaan land, the land of milk and honey. Milk and honey. Now, I'm a country boy. I'm a country boy. I know something about honey. I know this. If you get honey, you're going to get some stings. Yeah. And, and I, I grew up on a farm. I know what it is to milk. And I know if you milk. You're going to step in some stuff. Everybody okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if, if you, if you milk, you're going to step in some stuff. See, here's what I've learned. 
everybody wants the milk and honey, but we don't want the stings and stuff. But you don't get the milk and honey without some stings and stuff. There's a scripture talking about Jehovah Rapha as I was studying for this message that I noticed in Genesis 20:17. Look what the Bible says. So Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed. That word healed, hey, by the way, uh, listen, that's the word Rapha. And God healed Abimelech, look, and his wife, and his maidservants. Now look. After the healing took place, they had children. After the healing took place, they had children. Barbara and I uh, got married. Barbara was one of seven. One of seven. And, uh, I mean, literally, her mother, every year, she just she had, had a child. And we just assumed that would happen for us. Because we just wanted to have a bunch of, bunch of children. But it didn't happen. And we wanted it to happen. And all Barbara wanted to be was a wife and a mother. And Boy, that's a noble thing. That's a noble thing. Don't ever apologize for being a wife and a mother. That's a, that's a high honor. Ma'am, that's a high honor. To be a wife and a mother... Oh, now, what's more, what's more note honor and what's more worthy than that? Just, just being a, a, a wife and a mother. Don't, don't apologize for that. That's a distinguished high honor. That's all she wanted to be, and it just didn't happen. When it didn't happen, Barbara went through a low time. She went through depression. And let me say something right here while I'm on this point. Christians are not exempt from depression. Christians are not exempt. Study your Bible. The great men of God prayed to die. I'm, men like Moses, men like Elijah prayed that God would take their lives. Nobody's exempt from depression. The great leaders, the greatest president our nation's ever known. Abraham Lincoln constantly battled depression. The greatest preacher, the prince of preachers, Charles Spurgeon battled depression. She went through a severe depression, lost 60 pounds. Went to bed for six months. Had a very, very difficult time. During this time, I called a preacher that I knew. His name was Ed Ballou. Ed Ballou was no Indian preacher. And I said, Ed, I feel impressed to call you. He said, Benny, why? I said, I feel impressed. I saw where you're going to Florida. I saw where you're going to Florida. And I wish you'd stop by my house on the way. He lived in Cleveland, Tennessee. You're going to Florida. Would you stop by my house? And I never will forget. Ed walked in that door. Barbara, you remember when Ed walked in that door? I never will forget Barbara said this. She said, Benny, when he walked in the door, I sensed God. She said, I sensed God on that man. And she said, we nailed in that living room. And that big Indian took them big hands, placed on two little kids' heads. And he said, God, give them a child. God, you give them a child. Give them a child. He had finished praying. He took those hands. He said, Benny boy, it's done. It's done. It's done. A little time passed. Barbara and I started the adoption process and Adopted a little girl, and I called Ed. I said, Ed, we've adopted a baby. 
And I want you to be the one who comes and dedicates the baby. He said, I'd be honored to, Benny boy. He said, you know, that day in that living room, we didn't tell God how to do it. We just asked God to give us a baby. And God did do it. God did do it. God did do it. God did do it. Because he is Jehovah Rapha. He is a God who heals. Folks, I've been preaching since I was 17. I'm 55. I know what you're thinking. He looks much younger. I'm 55. In all these years of preaching, I never did this but one time. I was preaching early, one eight o'clock service. And right in the middle of the message, God said to me, God said to me, at the end of the message, you tell people that want to get pregnant to come forward and you pray for them. Now, now listen, folks, I, I, I've been preaching all these years. I've never done that one time. I've never done it one time. But at the end of the service, I obeyed God. And I said, God has told me, if you want to have children, if you want to have children come, that God wants me to pray for you. And lo and behold, little couples started walking down the aisle. And I started laying my hand on those couples, and I started praying for them. And I started, I took their names, and I laminated their names, and I prayed, and I fasted that God would give those couples children. And lo and behold, couples started getting pregnant. I mean, I, I, can't, I, I promise you can't. Couples who they said couldn't have children started having children. Couples started getting pregnant. It started happening. It just started happening. Couple after couple after couple. This is not an exaggeration. God bear me record. This is the truth. I had men pull me off. They'd say, can I talk with you privately? I said, yes, you can. They said, preacher, listen to me closely. Get my name off your list. Get my name off your list. We don't want to have any more children. This is what I know, folks. He is Jehovah Rapha, a God who heals. So, well, Pastor, you said your wife went through a depression. She did. She got through it. And you can get through it, too. You listen to me closely because I'm speaking to some people today. Some of you right now are battling depression and you feel like some of you feel less than because of it and you have no reason to feel less than. You have no reason to feel less than. I just want you to know that God can bring you through it. God can give you victory over it. Look what the Bible says in Psalms 147 and 3. He healeth. You know what that word is? Rapha. He healeth. The broken in heart, and he bindeth up their wounds. You said, Pastor Benny, I've been wounded, I've been hurt. I want to report to you, he is Jehovah Rapha, and he can see you through. The only way to get from Egypt to Canaan is through the wilderness. There's the second thing I want you to see. Even in the wilderness, you can trust God. Even in the wilderness, you can trust God. Now, in Exodus 14, verses 14 through 18, they crossed the Red Sea. And then the Bible says, on the other side of the Red Sea, here's all I'm going to say, folks. You know, many times when the devil is going to hit you, I've learned this from the Word of God, and I've learned it from practical experience. Anytime a good experience happens in your life, 
On the other side of it, he's coming at you. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I'm preaching to somebody today. It's many times after you've defeated the 450 prophets of Baal, he wants to get you under that juniper tree. Many times, right after a good experience in your life, the devil wants to hit you. Right after it. Now, here's Catcher. They had crossed the Red Sea, and they get to Mara, and the water's bitter. And look what God says to them at Mara. He said, the water's not fit to drink. And Moses cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood, and he threw it in the water. And the water became fit to drink, and the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them. Look, and he put them to the test. The devil, the devil will tempt you because he wants to bring out the worst in you. God will test you because he wants to bring out the best in you. Now, God will test you, and God wants you to go through the test and have a testimony and not just the monies. The problem many times when we go through a test, we don't have a testimony. We just have the monies, and we grumble, and we complain, and we question. And friend, when we do that, we're not passing the test. But when we pass the test, it's when we say, yes, I'm going through a difficult time right now, but I'm going to trust God. And though he slay me, I'm going to trust him. God said, blessed are those that are not offended in me. Here's all I want to say, folks. Even in the wilderness, and there'll be some wilderness experiences, you can trust God. You can trust God. There's a third thing I want you to see from the story. God can heal bitter waters. God can heal bitter waters. Look. They get there, the Bible says, and they came to Merah. They couldn't drink this bitter water at Merah. Therefore, the name of it was called Merah, which means bitter, bitter. Here's what I want you to see. They got there, and the water was bitter. You know, as I, I deal with people, I see bitterness many times controls people. They're bitter over the past. They're bitter why somebody else has this situation and they don't have it. They're bitter toward family members. They're bitter toward life. They're just bitter. And they live their lives being bitter. They live their lives being bitter. I, I read about a lady in Atlanta. She was 94 years old and died. An old widow lady, 94 years old. And she left some unique instructions in her funeral. She said, I don't want any male pallbearers. Her name was Hazel Von Jackie. Hazel Von Jackie said, no male pallbearers. And this is what she said. If they wouldn't take me out while I was living, I don't want them carrying me out now that I'm dead. <laughs> Bitterness. Richard Nixon said, it doesn't hurt me 
for people to hate me until I start hating them back. Bitterness. Bitterness toward that ex-wife. Bitterness toward that husband. Bitterness toward that child. Bitterness toward that mom or dad. Bitterness toward that partner. Bitterness toward God. They get there and the water's bitter. How do you handle bitterness? Look what verse 25 says. And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the water, the waters were made sweet. The only thing that can take care of the bitterness in your life is a tree. The only thing that can take care of the bitterness in your life is a tree. It's the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, what's the answer for what's going on in America? The cross. What, what, what causes us to love one another? The cross. What, what changes people's life? The cross. You'll never come to the cross and be the same. I'm saying to you today, God can heal the bitter waters if you come to the cross. Tell you the fourth thing. Don't ever give up on Jehovah Rapha. Don't ever give up on Jehovah Rapha. Now there at Marah, boy, the waters are bitter. The waters are bitter at Marah. You may be going through a time of, of bitter water. But do you realize five miles from Marah, five miles, only five. Look what verse 27 says. And they came to Elam. It was only five miles from Marah to Elam. Now look. And there were 12 wells of water. And 10 palm springs. Five miles. And they could have been in palm springs. You don't know how close you are to palm springs. You got that word? You don't know how close you are to palm springs. You don't know how close you are. So all I'm trying to say, don't you give up. Don't you give up on Jehovah Rapha. Let me, let me tell you something. I'm uh, in the process right now of writing a book called Defy the Odds. Defy the Odds. It's going to be an encouraging book. But I want you to know something. This is, the, this is the prefix, and this is the concept that I wrote the book by. Look here. I'm not good at anything. I have no special ability. None. You say, tell me what you do well. I don't know what it is. I mean that. I have no special ability. The most normal guy on earth, but you hear me closely. I've got all the confidence in the world in God. I've got all the confidence in the world in what God can do. What God can do. What God can do. And if God be for us, who can be against us? And greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. I've got all the confidence in the world in what God can do. 
<laughs> there was a lady who had an issue of blood for 12 years. <laughs> the Bible says in Luke, when she touched the hem of his garment. I'm talking, folks, it was 12 years. She wanted to get to Canaan, but she had to go through the wilderness. Let me give you the last point, and I'm done. I preached longer than I meant to. The last thing I want you to see is Jehovah Rapha's greatest healing. Jehovah Rapha's greatest healing. So, now, now, think about this, folks. I believe in healing. I believe in healing. I've told the story many times. I've told the story. I won't tell it today. But I've told the story many times that Barbara had eight or ten seizures a day, and the Mayo Clinic said she had a scar on her brain and would have seizures the rest of her life. But unequivocally, God placed his hand on her, and he healed her, and she was whole. No, no. I have no problem believing in healing. I know God can heal. I know God's greater than cancer. I know God's greater. Hey, I want to say something. God is greater than COVID-19. I'm not walking in fear. I'm going to trust God. I'm immortal till God's ready for me anyway. Now, I'm not doing stupid stuff. I'm not running around licking doorknobs. I'm not doing stupid stuff. I'm praying. I'm praising. I'm purelling. And I'm not going to panic. Amen? But I'm trusting God. He's seen me all the way through. He's going to see me through. I'm not looking to anybody but the Lord. And I want you to look to nobody but Jesus. And experts just a spurt from the next county over. Look to Jesus. But think about this, folks. If God heals us and heals us and heals us, we're eventually going to die. We're eventually going to die. So what is Jehovah Rapha's greatest healing? I'm glad you asked. First Peter, I'm almost done. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. Look, by whose stripes ye were Rapha healed. Greatest healing is when Jesus Christ forgives you of all your sins. That is the greatest miracle, friend, that Jesus Christ can forgive you of all of your sins. A week and a half ago, a lady said to me, Pastor Benny, and I close with a story. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. A lady said to me, Pastor, can I talk to you? I said, sure, you can talk to me. She said, uh, 
I got saved when I was 18. I gave my life to Christ. Her name's Tammy Reagan. She's a wonderful, godly lady. She said, I gave my life to Christ when I was 18, Pastor. She said, immediately I started praying for my mother. I wanted my mother to get saved. I, I didn't want my mother to go to hell. I started praying for my mom. I said, that's wonderful, Tammy. She said, 35 years. She told me this 10 days ago. 35 years praying for mom. If I was at the altar, I was praying for my mom. My mom's salvation. Mom wasn't interested. She said, two weeks ago, my mother was moving from Illinois to Ohio, and I went to help mom move. And she said, Sunday came, and I said, Mom, you know we go to Rock Springs Church, and I'd like to log in, and I'd like to worship online. She said, that's fine. She said, we logged in. Worship was wonderful. You shared the Word of God. You led people in the sinner's prayer. You went through, I prayed that prayer. You went through it. And she said, service ended. We cut the computer off. And I said to my mom, Mom, have you ever considered praying that prayer? She said, I knew 35 years I'd been praying. She said, my mother looked at me and said, Tammy, two weeks ago, on Easter Sunday, I prayed it with Pastor Benny. The greatest healing it's when you accept Jesus Christ because he gives you life and he gives you eternal life and he gives you abundant life. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer you repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin. And I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know this decision is not based on how you feel right now because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact 
that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make. And thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.